This is Life with Alcohol and Drugs, a podcast from the charity Scottish Families Affected by Alcohol and Drugs. So today we're joined by the lovely Lynn, who is our Senior Family Support Development Officer here at Scottish Families. And we're talking all things Christmas, as it has just started December. Um, so we've got quite a lot of things to get through, some bits of advice for over the Christmas period. And also we've had some family members um, share a wee bit of insight into what their Christmases are. But we know Christmas can be a really difficult time, especially when alcohol and drugs are in your life. Um, there might be a lot of pressure to try and have that traditional Christmas, but you know deep down that's not going to happen or your loved ones possibly drinking or using drugs over Christmas period. And it's just a very hard time, I think, for for many families and we're bombarded with constant messaging. I think um, over Christmas, you know, all of the deals that you get on alcohol, it's just very constant, a constant stream of messaging everywhere on your TV and um, when you're out shopping on social media your friends your family all talking about it and it just can be quite quite a difficult time but there is some things that you can do things that you can put in place to try and make things a wee bit easier to deal with but I'll hand over to Lynn who's going to share some pieces of advice. Thanks Rebecca yeah so having supported families for a number of years now um, we've been through a few Christmases together um, and it is as you said it's a really difficult time of year so I think one of the top bits of advice is to um, make plans plan ahead so family members will talk lots about how they're waiting to see what happens they'll wait for this or they'll wait for that appointment or, or whatever with regards to the loved one but what we would encourage you to do is to make plans that suit you as a family member, not wait to see what you know what your loved one is or isn't doing, because if you're doing that, then the stress just builds and builds and you create these expectations of maybe they can kind of get it together for that one day and it'll be a lovely day. And the reality is probably going to be quite different and quite difficult. So if you're making plans ahead of time, then the, the plan should be about what's best for you what suits you better is it a traditional meal is it a sit down at a certain time is it forget all that and stay in your jammies all day and have beans on toast um you know whatever it is that suits you and is is good for your well-being is good for your stress levels brings them down um helps you get into a space where you can look at this day of the year that we've set up to be christmas day as not being something that you just have to get through but something that you can actually find a bit of enjoyment in, even if it's just a really simple pleasure um, that you find in that particular day, you have your your favourite pudding or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, So make your plans in the hope that your loved one might be able to participate, but make your plans to suit you. Um, That that would be the first bit of advice. Kind of running right alongside that is the idea of self-care. Self-care is a bit of a a sort of buzz topic. We talk about self-care a lot, but you need to look at self-care as a real tool in your tool belt that you can bring out and use and make it make sense to you. So for me, a nice hot bubbly bath is something that is just pure heaven. That might not work for other people. Um, it might be a walk, a run, a cycle, 
that would never be me, but might that might be what suits other people. Or uh, sitting down with a film, and it doesn't have to be a Christmas film. It could be a film that you just love, or watching a bit of comedy, or meeting up with a friend. Self-care can be any or all of those things, a combination. So we get a bit tied up with self-care being about putting this time aside for ourselves and being a bit selfish. But actually, self-care is a lot more straightforward than that. Self-care is about when you put your feet on the floor in the morning, you think, how do I feel today? And how do I make today a day that I feel that I can work with and not get stressed out so that I can't achieve anything? So self-care runs through all the the advice that we would give. Um, Prioritising you and your needs is really important because that helps other people get the best of you as well. I would say, again, going back to the kind of plans that you're making when you're thinking about buying gifts and giving gifts to a loved one that might be um, using alcohol or drugs, then think about what kind of gifts you want to give, how you want to give those gifts, the value of the gifts. So Christmas is a time where we often feel that we have to be over generous um, and kind of let our guard down a wee bit and be a wee bit more um, giving. But if you're giving a gift to someone who's not in a great place in terms of their their alcohol or drug use, then that might be it. Might be something that they see as a way to access more uh, alcohol or drugs. So they might use that lovely gift that you've spent time giving them and sell it on to somebody else or um, use it in a way that is not how you intended it to be given and then you're left with all the the kind of hurt and the disappointment that goes with that so I would think you know ahead of time what's practical to give you know um, giving a gift that's um, to do with helping them out with food and shopping and that sort of thing is a really lovely gift to give and it's not to feel the pressure that you should be given more than um, you would actually want to give so that's really about getting that idea in your head that you are um, still support the person, you're still able to give a gift, but it has to be within the parameter of what you can afford and what you feel comfortable with. So if you give something that they then sell on, then you're just like, oh, well, that was theirs their to give away kind of thing. So it's kind of getting yourself into that headspace where you don't feel that crushing disappointment. And sometimes we'll feel under more pressure at Christmas to hand money as gifts, and that's Never a fantastic idea when somebody is in a, a state of mind that they might want to spend that on something that's harmful to them. So or think about how you can avoid doing that or be, avoid being put in the position where you feel like you've got to do that. Another piece of advice would be to look forward to including your family member um, and or your loved one in your celebrations if that's possible. But don't put your plans on hold if, if that's not going to be the case. And when we think about the messaging that you talked about, Rebecca, about, you know, when you're out in supermarkets and shops and TV adverts and all the rest of it, it's all about fun, party, alcohol and everything that goes with that. So if you've got a family member that's struggling with those elements of their life, then it might be that they give in to those kind of um, messages at Christmas and maybe they lapse or relapse or maybe they, their use goes, it escalates at that time of year. So again, it's, it's not about not believing that they can um, maintain um, sobriety or recovery but it's about being realistic and thinking well actually they're going to be under increased pressure at this time of year as well so let's make a plan let's have it in our mind that this is quite likely to happen so how do I deal with that what tools do I have in place and then that's back to that self-care as well so that would be the kind of top top tips that I would think would be hopefully helpful to people. Yeah they are really helpful it's just you don't really put in place how just 
sadly stressful Christmas can be for for many people. And I think after the last few years that everybody in the world has had, it's quite clear that negative messaging is we've been bombarded with it um, for so long. And when you think back to Christmas last year, where right at the right, I think it was a week before Christmas, you were told you weren't allowed to go and see your family, you weren't allowed to be with your loved ones. So hopefully that's different this year. But even those tips, I think as well, they can be used so much because Christmas, Christmas is like a whole week long, isn't it? It's just not, it's just not that one day. You've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, then all the way up to New Year's. But I know, I know not many of us are big fans of New Year's Eve. Um, it's an interesting one. No, they are really helpful. And I feel like it can be quite hard, though. If you're planning ahead, it's like we can all make plans, but sometimes plans are broken or it doesn't really happen to the way that we thought it was going to be. So I think maybe there's even that wee bit of knowing that not everything might go to plan. Yeah, absolutely. And keeping that in mind so that you don't feel that that's your responsibility. It's nothing you've done or should have done or could have done. It is what it is. And, and it's about how you how you pick yourself back up from that disappointment and like still make the best of, you know, the situation. And, and again, I'm just swinging back to self-care. You know what I mean? That's that's the most important thing, I think, at anything to remember. Um, when you're faced with disappointments and changing plans and all the rest of it, it's about, well, how am I in all this? You know, where, where am I and, and how do I, I get to the other side of this? Just on that, the self-care, I actually I read a quote the other day from a family member from one of our support services and it said that they thought that self-care was selfish of them to do. It's a ridiculous thing for them to do. Why should I care about myself? Why should I give myself this time, you know, mm-hmm. to have a bath or to read a chapter of a book? And, you know, it's like how do you have any sort of advice there for how to stop feeling like it's being selfish? I mean, it's oh, not selfish at all, but... Definitely not, but, I mean, that is the most common response that we get. So when we start supporting families at the beginning and they come with all this information about what's a normal day is like for them and where their loved ones are and all the fears and anxieties they've got around that you know and then I suggest when was the last time you picked up a book or went to the cinema and they're like are you ridiculous of course I don't do that you know like there's just no time and it's a really painful reality actually to if the if you then stop and think well actually when was the last time I did that that can be really really difficult to face because that's when that big massive pause button that you've been living under becomes so heavy when self-care suggested and it's a big part of craft you know um, community reinforcement and, and family training is a huge part of craft is about self-care so when we start looking at those aspects of self-care what we're actually supporting people to do is to prioritize themselves so that they can move out of that continuous cycle that they're in and make a positive change because self-care comes with such a big sort of label about going for spa days and all this sort of thing self-care has become a bit of a difficult topic for people but self-care can be as simple as sticking to a routine that's really important to you so not getting up before a time that would be comfortable for you because somebody's got to be an appointment or not keeping your phone on overnight because you know you you can't sleep when your phone's on so self-care can be those little things that have just become so normal that you don't realize that actually they're quite damaging so thinking about um so we want to build up. You don't have to go from doing nothing for yourself to, to taking a whole day and, and going away for a, a spa. Self-care can be a tiny little thing. Stopping and having a cup of tea. 
you know, I mean, it can be as simple as that, but as long as you're recognising actually, this is my choice, this is what I want to do, this is what I think will make me feel better just now, that's self-care and we can count all those things. So we can build these things up in little small increments, it doesn't need to be nothing to everything. Yeah, and it's even when you realise that that's actually the, like that tiny wee thing that's for you. It's you looking after yourself. I mean, my self care is making sure I don't look at my work emails. Just <laughs> <laughs> turning them off every now and again, and I'm like, there you go, see. But I guess that's kind of the same thing as the phone because when you imagine a phone that's just constantly going off, I mean, you'll have messages coming through from your social media, WhatsApp messages, texts, missed calls. It's just like the most noisiest thing ever. And Mm -hmm. when you think of just turning it off, it would take that pain away. But then a lot of people think, get quite stressed about that. If you turn your phone off, but what if they need me? What if something happens? And yeah, it's just, it's it's like a vicious cycle. It just keeps going round. That leads to a whole other conversation about, well, you know, how do we how do we set boundaries around that that are actually realistic for you to hold on to? So there's no point us suggesting you set a boundary of switching your phone off at eight o'clock at night and back on at seven o'clock the next morning if that is going to cause your stress levels to go mm-hmm. through the roof. So a much better boundary about that might be, you know, to take an hour or two hours out of your day if, if that's manageable for you and say, right, I'm not available from midnight till two in the morning, but I won't know I always get up at two for the loo, so I might as well check my phone then or whatever it might be, you know. So we need to be realistic about um, things like that, boundaries, but family members talk a lot, particularly I'm going to stay on the phone thing, you know, about the dread of that ping of a message or a missed phone call or whatever, and the pressure of that is enormous. So actually setting a boundary around when you're available is a really kind of good place to start because none of us can be avail- available 24-7. You know, you mentioned work emails there. We have a start time and an end time every day. Family members don't get that luxury, but we can encourage them to make that one of their self-care routines where they actually do say, I'm not available between six and seven because that's when I sit down for my meal and then I watch something for half an hour on the TV. It can be really simple, really straightforward. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Yeah, I mean, it- I think it's it can be quite it's, some people just take to the self-care and boundaries so easily um but some other people it can just be really hard but that's because you've been stuck like in this routine for so long but I will say if there is anybody struggling with sort of putting themselves first and dealing with that then Scottish Families is here to help yeah, with that our, our lovely team can help with all of those things so I know you very kindly asked reached out to a few family members that you're supporting and asked what were they looking forward to for Christmas or what were they particularly worried about? And I know you've had some sort of lovely responses from people if you want to share some of them. Yeah, that would be great. So, yeah, our lovely family members were very willing to share their experiences and their plans that they've maybe got for this year. Um, So I'll start with this lovely one. Um, It says, I love Christmas, always have and have always tried to make it special. Um, As I got older, though, I've started to put less pressure on myself to focus on one day where I usually end up exhausted and missing everything because I'm in the kitchen half the day. So last year wasn't easy with uh, my son and he was out for a big part of the day. Um, and then police were involved in Boxing Day. So this year we've decided to do something different to take the pressure off ourselves so that if things don't go as planned, it won't really matter. This year, this lovely family have decided to order a Chinese takeaway for Christmas Day. And it's something that she says they would never have done um, before because they love the whole tradition of Christmas. But actually, she's really looking forward to it now that she's made that decision. So no cooking, no dishes and a lot cheaper 
Um, so she's still going to lay her table and, and have it, you know, all set up so they can sit down together, which I think is just lovely um, and make it special. But she can spend the rest of the day relaxing, hopefully in brackets here, and then having that time off from work and stuff. So just going to chill out and do whatever she wants when she wants to do it. And I just think that is a massively important message you know and you mentioned it earlier like Christmas isn't one day we shouldn't try and squeeze everything in you know you could spread out you could do gift giving the night before so that there's not that pressure or you could you know you could do your your big meal the day before and have your gifts on Christmas day or you could do the I love the idea of a takeaway or staying in your jammies all day and you know having sandwiches or it, it really doesn't matter you know we've made it into this big thing but so that I thought was a fantastic bit of advice. Another family member shared a bit about um, how her anxiety is kind of building about how other people might treat her loved one um, at Christmas. So what she's decided to do is to kind of counteract that by inviting family members that she knows are supportive of the situation. So there's no judgment um, and it's somebody they can have a bit of, you know, just normal conversation with as well. So it's not all about the tension of what's he doing, when's he doing it, is this going to happen? You know, they'll be there to kind of field some of that difficulty so she's saying that she's keeping the door open to as much positivity as possible and if something goes wrong um she might just join the other family member and get a takeaway so I think that's a fantastic message that we're putting out there and another family member shared that they um like to kind of prepare everything in advance and then just eat whenever they feel like it which I also think is a great idea so you're really just going with the flow of the day you know there's no there's no pressure it's three o'clock we should be sitting at the table just now so if everything's prepared you can stick it in the oven and have it whenever it suits you, you know so that gives you time to go for a lovely walk or visit with family or go to church or whatever it is that, that suits you so I really like that that idea as well. We also got some um, input from some of our other lovely FSDOs um, our other family support development officers in different areas um, and they had some great sort of tips and ideas to um, pass on to people about that idea about taking Christmas just down a few notches, keeping it quiet, taking time for yourself, being prepared to disinvite your loved one if they're not, if they've crossed the boundary or if their actions and behaviours aren't going to be compatible to to being with the rest of the family. You know, kind of being brave enough and having the support to be able to say, actually, it's not suitable for you to come around today. Have other people that can back you up. So I thought that was a really good piece of advice. I think even as well with the, the family member responses that you've shared there, you can kind of see how well they've been supported, I think, by um, your team over the years, because it's just, I'm sure probably before that, it would have been a whole different story. But now they've sort of managed to settle in with things and putting themselves first and knowing that they can do those things and have the power to do those things. I think that's a crucial part. It's about people actually saying, so I use the hula hoop analogy. So imagine there's a hula hoop on the ground. This is my funny joke, not a hula hoop, like a crisp, an actual life-size hula hoop you can stand inside, pick up. So imagine you're in your hoop and you're holding on to it. What's in there is yours. That's it. That's all you can deal with. What's outside of that? It's nothing to do with you. So if you're holding on to that hoop and then your hoop is beans on toast for your Christmas dinner, happy days, that's where you're at. You know what I mean? So... I hope that family members see that as being a way to take that control back. So this is what I'm in charge of. These are my responsibilities. Everything else outside that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, I know. Beans and toast for Christmas dinner would be nice. We bet she can talk to be fancy. Yeah, be fancy. I've never had a, a takeaway for Christmas dinner. Sounds quite nice though. Could be, yeah. could be something you could do. Last year was the first time I didn't have turkey. Ah, uh, it's so weird. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just those. Well, just say no dishes to me that I'm in, whatever it is, no dishes, that's me, I'll have that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I think it's all fair and well of being able to, to smile over things and to know that people can look after themselves and do things like that. But if, for anybody right now that is just dreading it, yeah. you know, it's it's the worst time of the year or they're just really stressing out over it. It's really worrying them. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what they're going to do. It's keeping them up at night and it's just really upsetting because you can imagine if you've had Christmases where it really hasn't been good and you're anticipating the worst to happen and this is this person right now that just doesn't know what to do do you have anything helpful or even just anything that you would like to say to somebody that might be in that scenario yeah I mean and that is going to be sadly the situation for lots of families that we support so what we would say to people is remember that up to this point you've survived every hard day that, that's been thrown at you so you, you you can do it it's not you know often we think if we've got a choice it's a good choice or a bad choice but actually usually we've got a rubbish choice and a really rubbish choice to make so if your rubbish choice is to take all the decorations down and forget that Christmas was ever a thing um, and just go about your normal business then then do that if you think that's going to be helpful for you and if you want to make a really rubbish choice and not bother putting the decorations up in the first place then do that you know so that idea that this is a pressure that is put on us by the normal way of things, things that we think we should be doing. And actually, in reality, we've got that choice to make all the time. So for us as a support team, what we'll be trying to do is to get as much information about support that's available over the festive period, because obviously things kind of slow down and, and some services go off. Um, so we'll be trying to make sure that all of our family members have every possible contact number that they could they could need over that time. And we'll be talking to people about, well, what would your plan be? So we plan for the worst case scenario. If that happens, where's, what tools have you got in your toolbox? What are you doing about that? You know, who are you going to phone? You know, um, all of that stuff that goes with that. Um, we're actually in Forfali going to be available for some support between Christmas and New Year this year and there'll be other ways to get support and I know that the the helpline or lovely Scottish Families helpline will be available to offer support as well to people so I would say you know stay connected. We use a WhatsApp group to support families as well and actually it's the thing that makes me proudest when I'm at work is to see the peer support that goes on there so families supporting families and I'd imagine that's going to be a really useful tool um, for people over the, the holidays as well that idea that they know that there's still a whole bunch of people there that are maybe experiencing something similar to them and they're not alone um, and back to what I said earlier it's not something they could have done or should have done it's where they're at just now and then Christmas Day will come and go and then the new year it'll be right where are we now you know and there's always that hope that things are going to improve and get better family members can be back in charge of what's happening to them in their own lives. Brilliant thank you so much I think that's really that is really good advice I think for people and as you said Scottish Families is here and we've got a wonderful support team and we will be here over Christmas as well and you know, just get in touch with us. The details will be at the end of this podcast. And if you want to speak to sp- specifically to Lynn, you know, we've got her details as well. <laughs> Happy to speak to anybody. But no, thank you so, so much. And I really appreciate all your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you for listening. If you're worried about someone else's alcohol and drug use, you can contact Scottish Families on 08080 or by email at helpline at sfad.org.uk. 
We also have web chat and further information on our website www.sfad.org.uk.